0: Recorded live.
1: into your gates with thanksgiving. We are entering your courts with praise. We are thanking you, Heavenly Father, for how good you are, how good you have been to us in spite of ourselves, you have been so good, we come to worship you in the beauty of your holiness. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord. Bye. the next. Of God, we will bless the Lord Brown here at all times. Now I don't know what you have decided to do, and what you have decided to keep on your lips at all times, But I encourage you, under the sound of my voice, start replacing whatever's been on your mouth with blessings to the Lord, and you will see more blessings come back your way. Some of you all wonder, Pastor, oh, why you always want to be praising God. How come you? How come it is always you want to be? Because I likes the blessings of God and the more we bless God the more he will bless us some of us ain't got it yet you understand if you put more fuel in your gas tank you can go further in your car unless you're crazy well if the more we bless God God inhabits the praises of his people the more God get all involved in our affairs some of us ain't got this thing yet some of us that's why some of us like to ride around below e and chance that we're not going to run out of gas. We dare. that if, if you run out of gas, something's wrong with you. Now, And the needle is working and telling you that you're low on fuel, go on, put some gas in your vehicle. Put some praise in your life and watch God carry you further. We've been looking at the oneness process around here at the Christian Center. Those of you that have been worshiping with us, we pray the Lord is blessing you real good this day that he has made. Uh, the oneness process, we've been looking at how that God is, is bringing us into a place of oneness uh, even further with him. We know that once we are saved, we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The process is, is begun. But just like uh, getting pregnant doesn't mean that you're going you're gonna to give birth to a baby tomorrow. There's a whole lot of that goes on in between getting pregnant and giving birth to a baby. There's a whole lot in going that goes on in between giving giving birth to a child and raising a child uh in the fear and and the, the nurturing admonition of the Lord. So we understand that that getting saved is just the beginning part. That's just the beginning. There's a whole lot more to your Christian development. My Christian development, your Christian maturity, my Christian maturity that goes on on the other side of getting saved. The one, that's why it's a process. We looked at capital A, through Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. We looked at Romans 5, 11, Philippians 4 and 13, capital B, sanctification. There is no oneness process without sanctification. God is working to sanctify you and I, set us apart for proper use. You got a proper use, child of God. I got a proper use. God wants us to get to it. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13, Romans 15, 16, capital C, revelation, something revealed or disclosed, something that was not before seen. Understand that you got to have received revelation now or you, or you become stagnant. You just be kind of standing in the same place. Revelation is what helped keep us moving with the spirit of God. That's why some people couldn't go further with Jesus. They didn't want to receive revelation. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 66, Jesus started giving them revelation about eating his flesh, drinking his blood. Some of the people were like, nah, nah, this is hard teaching. You know, we, we, can't, we can't get with that. So they couldn't follow him anymore. You know, why? Because they didn't want to come further into the revelation. This is why some of you all out there in the sound of my voice, you dropped off of this off of this broadcast. Oh, I remember when it was thousands and thousands of you worshiping with us uh, on a weekly basis. Now, you know, numbers have come down. Well, Why? Some of you have had some problems with some of the revelations uh, that God is bringing us into. But here's the thing. In order to go further with God, you've got to move with the revelation of God. Uh, Galatians 1 and 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. Capital D, we looked at thoughts. Now, there's not going to be any oneness process with us and God unless we start changing our thoughts, changing the way we think um, First Corinthians chapter one verse ten, Isaiah chapter fifty five verse eight, and it brings us on down to capital E in our outline, and we should conclude this message uh, today, the Lord, or later on this evening, the Lord willing, deeds, deeds, bless the name of the Lord Jesus, that which is performed or that which is uh, carried out, deeds. Now, as the oneness process uh, is uh, brought to maturity and brought. To fullness in us there will be a change in our deeds and we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 16 somebody's about to be blessed today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ Matthew chapter 1
0: 7 verse 16 From the New International Version,
1: Matthew chapter 7, with a special, special focus on verse 16. Scripture reads, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Let's get verse 17 just for getting it's sake. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Capital E, deeds, deeds. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, thank you today, Father, another beautiful day you've made. You've blessed us with life, health, and strength, Father. You've blessed us with food, clothing, and shelter. You've done so many things for us, Father, and it's like we do so little for you. But we uh, present our bodies today as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. We present the fruit of our lips, the sacrifice of praise. We come into your presence, Father, with uh, thanksgiving. We come into your your courts with praise. We ask you, Father, to uh, renew your mercy in our lives today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that we may. Go further and farther in your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Speak, Father, for your servants, your people, your children. Your creation has gathered to hear words of wisdom from on high. We trust, Father, that you are going to do these things for us as you've promised us in your word, that if any two or three of us come together touching and agreeing, asking for anything in the name of Jesus Christ, you would do it for us. We're trusting, Father, that you're going to bless your people today. Uh, And we pray that we can be a blessing to you in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. We see here, Matthew chapter 7, uh, a lot of stuff Jesus talked about that people have got twisted. A lot of stuff. We got the first portion, verses 1 through 6, dealing with judging others. A lot of things. Got this twisted right today. A lot of saints don't think we're supposed to judge. Got it twisted. We got ask, seek, and knock. Lord, talking about why a lot of times people don't have certain things. There's the answer. We've got uh, the two gates. Got a lot of people who got this twisted. Jesus talked about how that straight and narrow gate was, uh, in fact, straight and narrow, and only a few enter. Broad and wide gate. Uh, many enter that that's going to destruction. Many going that way. Straight and narrow gate to eternal life. It's only a few. A lot of people got that twisted. Think it's a whole lot of folk. A broad and wide gate that's 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 uh that's going to eternal life, and it's only a few folk going to hell. Got it twisted. Tree and its root. A lot of folk got it twisted, twisted, twisted. Wise and foolish builders. Oh, it's so much. It's so much in this Matthew chapter seven. Jesus Jesus was really sharing some powerful, powerful revelations with us concerning this. Now, the first one we talked about was what? Judging others. Now, you look at what Jesus said. People, a lot of individuals today jump out. Don't judge. Don't judge not. Lest thou also be judged. Out of context. Out of context. What Jesus was talking about here when he said do not judge or you too will be judged. Verse 2. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Then he goes on and he talks about why do you look at the speck of sawdust, the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. Going down a little further, you hypocrite. Jesus was talking about he didn't want there to be hypocritical, self-righteous judgment. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 up around verse 15. The Bible says the spiritual man makes judgments about all things. The spiritual man. Jesus is saying, "Look, no, nope. Jesus, said, look, judging is not wrong in and of itself. It's not right in and of itself. It depends on what, how you judge. It depends on what measure you use to judge. If judging was wrong, God would be wrong. If judging was wrong, the word of God would be wrong. Because God judges through and by his word. So Jesus said, look, I'm saying no to hypocritical, self-righteous judging. I'm saying, Jesus said, look, I'm I'm saying no to the wrong kind of judging. But when you are judging based on what the word says, then it's not you judging, it's the word. When you are judging based on what the spirit of God says, it's not you judging, it's the spirit. Everything we do in life is a judgment. Everything we do is a judgment. Why do we put $5 worth of gas in a vehicle as opposed to $55? We've made a judgment. Why do we decide that we're going to go to certain churches and we're not going to go to others? We've made a judgment. Why is it we get upset when, when, uh, especially many of us as African-Americans, when an uh, unarmed black person gets killed by a white police officer? We've made a judgment. It's a judgment. Everything we do is a judgment. The problem is that sometimes we as human beings make the what? The wrong judgment. God is trying to bring us to a place not where we don't judge. That's not the context. He wants to bring us to a place where we make the proper judgment. In one place, one of the apostles said, look, stop judging by mere external appearances and make a proper judgment. God's word will help you and I to make the proper judgment. Jesus, look, you hypocrite. Look at verse five. Take the plank out of your eye. Then you'll see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Well, to to, to make the decision that there's a speck in your brother's eye, there's a judgment. But what Jesus is saying is, look, the problem is a lot of times you're looking at the speck that's in your brother's eye and you don't even see the big plank, the big old, the big old piece of wood that's in your own eye. Get, your, get, get yourself straightened out. Fix some things in your life. Then you can, you can see some things clearly that are going on in others' lives. Oh, the songwriter sung a song years ago. Some of you around, uh, will remember it. Sweep around your own front door
0: before you try to sweep around mine. If someone is an expert
1: in a thing or someone is good in a thing, you expect to see that manifested in their life first and foremost. In other words, uh, now what are we talking about? We're talking about deeds here because Jesus did. We're going to go on down a little bit further, and you're going to see where Jesus talked about how uh, you, you, you know individuals by their fruit, by what they're producing or what they are, what they are manifesting. In other words, if you're a personal trainer, I watched a thing on, uh, I think it was 60 Minutes the other day. This character, I can't remember his name, but he was like, he's like the, uh, one of the biggest names in the the leader of this thing, this movement called CrossFit. And, you know, very, very popular movement. You know, the, the company brand is worth millions and millions of dollars. And they had an interview with the head of this thing. And this character, you know, he couldn't even hardly walk. He had a limp and stuff. You know, older fella, kind of scraggly looking hair, kind of looked like what you might call a hippie or something. But yet, you know, he put on this this CrossFit games where you got uh, uh um uh you know individuals competing for like the most fit male and female and different things. Companies worth millions of dollars. But you look at him, and the last thing you would think is fitness. All right, but Nevertheless, he's got an empire that is devoted to fitness and making millions of dollars, and a lot of people are getting fit, even though he doesn't even look like, you know, he even knows what the term fitness is is really all about. Well, if you are an expert in a thing, normally people will expect to see that the fruit of that or the manifestation of that in you. If you're going to be a basketball coach, you know, it, it, I'd say it helps that maybe you have done something in basketball. Not saying always, but, I mean, you know, if you're going to teach some mathematics, it would help that you know a little bit about math or, you know what i say you have been, been to school. Well, when it comes down to the things of God, if you're going to be sharing the things of God, you need to know a little something. You there needs to be a manifestation of not saying anybody's perfect, because if, if we waited till everybody was perfect, nobody would be preaching anything except for Jesus. But there needs to be a manifestation of the word of God in your deeds and in my deeds. It needs to be a manifestation. God wants to see that. You preaching this, you're teaching this real, real strong. God said, I need I need to see, I want to see I want to see this in you. The Apostle Paul told young Timothy, he said, watch your doctrine and your lifestyle. In other words, watch what you're teaching and what you're telling other people, and then watch what you're doing very carefully. Deeds. Deeds. Now, we're going to go on down here. We're not going to go over all of these things. Jesus said a lot of powerful things in Matthew chapter 7. But this section from verse 15 to verse 23, Jesus deals with a tree, a tree, it's fruit. He deals with false prophets, false apostles, false teachers, false, false, false. And look at what he says. He says in verse 15, he says, watch out for false prophets. Now, first thing you want to understand is that there's no need to watch out for something that's not coming. You know, if we're crossing the street and you're just going across the street or I'm just going, going across the street and no cars coming, I got no business hollering and snatching you back, hollering, watch out, nothing's coming. I'm thinking about last time I was in South Africa, you know, and, um, you know, here, vehicles drive on the right side of the street. Every Just about every country I'd ever been in, you know, all my life, everybody drive on the right side. Well, you know, you get over in, in certain parts, I guess, of Europe in certain parts, and in South Africa, vehicles drive on the left side. And It was like, you know, it was almost like uh, having to learn to cross the street all over again because you're you, you bent set on looking one way and expecting the cars to come but they'd be coming from auto and I remember once I was crossing the street and I was bent looking for cars the way they come here and didn't realize that a car was coming from the other direction and some of the pastors with me hey, "Pastor, watch out and snatched me I was like man goodness gracious I hate crossing the street in South Africa they just bust out laughing because why? Because it was just the opposite of what I was used to. Here I am getting ready to get hit, looking, the, looking, you know, the wrong way. So Jesus said, look, Jesus, look, I'm not telling you to watch out for pro- false prophets because no false prophets are coming. Those pastors were not telling me to watch out for a car that won't come in. They were telling me to watch out for a car that was coming. They were telling me to watch out for a car that I was not seeing. And once I turned and looked, it was obvious why, they were saying that. Well, God is saying to somebody on the sound of my voice, once you turn and look, it'll be obvious to see why he, he told us this. God said, look, just because you don't see it, that don't mean that they're not coming. That don't mean that they haven't, they haven't already arrived. Jesus said, well, watch out for false prophets. Jesus said, look, because I see them. Those pastors, and the Lord keeps using this parable with me, those pastors were telling me to watch out because they saw something that I didn't see. Well, God, Jesus is talking here because he's telling us to watch out because the Lord said, look, I see something that you don't see. It says, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. In other words, Jesus said, look, they are appearing one way, but they got a whole nother agenda. Inwardly, Jesus says, look, you see the outward appearance, but God says, I look at the heart. Now, through and by the word of God, and we're still talking about the oneness process, as we uh, get closer to God and go through these various channels and various stages and various aspects of the oneness process, we're going to be able to see hearts as well. That's a part of the oneness process. So we're not just looking at outward appearance. We're able to see the heart. We're able to see motives. We're able to see what our the natural man can't see. We can see through the spirit. Jesus said they come in sheep's clothing. And see that's how they get you, because they dressed up in sheep's clothing. They dressed up in sheep's clothing. They they look harmless. They look Like it's, you know, they look like but Jesus said, inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. Now, there's a difference between the look of a sheep and the look of a wolf, and there's a difference between the character of a sheep and the character of a wolf. Now, question you may ask, why are they dressing up in sheep's clothing? Well, because if they showed you their wolf Apparel, you would
0: run. You would run immediately. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the other way. Okay. So, 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 uh, you say, Apostle,
1: what are you driving at?" The adversary wants to get close to you and I. And he knows that if he shows his whole card, if he shows who and how he really is, most of us will take off running. That's why, you know, you see those pictures of the devil looking all deformed and all decrepit and horns poking all out of his head and and all this stuff. I don't even know if I've ever even seen in the Bible where it says the devil got horns. Where we get this stuff from? The Bible says that, that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. In other words, he what the devil is going to do is he's going to try to present himself to you and me as in, a, in, in an attractive form as he possibly can because he knows that the more attractive he is to us, the more attractive his, what he's sending is to us, the more uh, inclined we are to let it in. You let a character come to your house right now. uh Look You look outside and you see a uh, Bentley broken down, pulled in front of your house. Characters step out of the Bentley, three-piece suit on, gold ring, hair all shaped all up, looking all good, come knock on your door. Excuse me, madam, but uh, my Bentley has broken down. I need assistance. Man, you're going to be like, oh, okay. A lot, of, a lot of time. No, come on in. Yeah, have a seat. You want something drinks? drink? Have a seat. Come on. Sir. All right. But now you let another character come by your breakdown outside. Car all broken down. Ain't got no hubcaps on it. You know, engine. <laughs> Joker fall out. Hair all got all kind of dreadlocks. Pants pulled down halfway around his around his butt. You know, yo, 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 knock on the door, yo, 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 my jive done broke down. Well, a lot of us going to be like, I don't know, gangbanger, you get on back to Compton. Well, 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 what have we done? What have we done? We have, we what? We've judged based on external appearances, and that is sin. Now, and now the Lord is flashing in my spirit right now, and I'm, I'm glad James Blake spoke out on this. James Blake got himself bum-rushed, for those of you who don't know. Used to be a professional tennis player. Retired a couple of years ago. Hanging out in New York City around the U.S. Open. Had some business, and an undercover officer went because he looked like somebody they thought that was involved in 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 some. And just tackled him, threw him down to the ground, and you know, and 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 hit the handcuffs on him and took him away because he looked like somebody. And then when they showed the pictures of. uh uh, uh, of the guy that he was supposed to look like. You know, they, they, I, I think the other guy was a was a white guy and James Blake was a fair-skinned or a lighter-skinned black guy. But, you know, James Blake spoke out on it and wanted an apology from the New York City Police Department. Well, and, and with good reason. You know, there's other there's a whole lot of other ways you could have handled that situation. I mean, you know, you just want cuz see here's now now and then I heard somebody make a comment that that this let that had happened, and let's say James Blake had been, you know, uh, uh, I'll just say, I almost say the average brother. And here you just going to come running at me. You don't identify yourself or nothing. You just come running. My first move is to hit you right square in your face. That's my first. Hey, man, what? Pow. What is this? Who, well, what? This? Now we can try to figure out something. But see, now if that would have happened, then he would have shot James Blake, and then, you know, all of that. All of that about how he just ran up on it, all of that would, have been, that would have been, you know, just kind of lost in the thing. you got to identify yourself. Let me, let me know who you are. Because, see, it's a difference to me, you just somebody off the street running up on me, and you're an officer of the law running up after me. I got a whole, my, my whole, we're talking about what? The oneness process. We're talking about these. I got a whole different way of dealing with those situations. Because now that I understand that you are an officer of the law, as, a, as even as a Christian, I understand that uh, uh, you know there's a certain way that that the Scripture says I'm supposed to to, to respond. You know, my resistance now be be to a minimum. My resistance now be to a minimum. I'm, I'm I'm in compliance 100%. But you just running up on me. I don't know who you are from Hills from Shire. So, what do we understand? That the adversary wants to get close to us. He wants his children to get close to us. That's why he dressed them up in as harmless an outfit as possible. They want to get close. Adversary, he put them in sheep clothing. All the while, they're ferocious wolves, and the Lord said, look, I'm going to give you a way so that you can know what you are dealing with. Look at the Bible. By their fruit, or their deeds, or their actions, by their fruit, you will recognize them. In other words... The character of, not that, not, not that as children of God we don't sin, we don't make mistakes, we don't do all the same, some of the same, but our goal should be as children of God is to move away from sin. The adversary and his jo- children, their job is to move further into sin by their fruit. You will recognize that. See, I don't care what you dress an apple tree up in. You could put it in a three-piece suit. It, it, what, what is it producing? What is it producing? Now, you can, take a, you can take an apple tree, put a swimsuit on it. That don't make it
0: a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. It's still an apple tree. <laughs> Hmm. All right. One of the things is, is, is bringing up a particular movie where a character is,
1: you know, during the day, he's all dressed all up in a suit working on Wall Street, but they say at, at evening he's, a, he's psychotic, out, out, out killing people. Well, that's what you really are. It's a difference between what you look like and what you are. It's a difference between what you look like and what you are. Well, what we want to, we want to be, we want to be. Um, be what we are, be what we are, which is now we are the, the body of Christ. And that's what, that's what God wants us to be. You know, it's amazing how, you know, and God is flashing this in my spirit, and I heard T.D. Jake speak on this many, many years ago, how that, you know, when Samson had went into a place and, and you know, they were trying to figure out, who was Samson? The Philistines were trying to figure out, you know, wh- which one is Samson. Just like when they went to arrest Jesus. You know, they had, Judas had to arrange a signal with the religious leaders, you know, to, to let them know which one Jesus was. Because he's got 12, 13 characters. It's about dark out there. Judas said, look, the one I go and kiss, that, that's the one. But Samson, you know, you would think that as strong as he was, he would be rippling with muscles and, you know, big old calves, Arnold Schwarzenegger in his younger days, just stepping in. Everybody know that Samson big and strong. But the, 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 the Philistines were like, you know, which one? Who is Samson? Well, why? And I heard T.D. Jakes' is, is point on this, and I, I thought that was a very, very powerful revelation. He talked about how he believed. Now, this was, he, he believed that Samson was just a regular-looking character but he carried a very, very uh, extraordinary anointing. He, he just looked regular. People, you couldn't, you couldn't look at him and, and see all of that. But in, in, you know, and that's how God likes to operate. God likes to take and put great, great stuff in a package that don't look like too much. Great, great stuff. When you go to McDonald's, you're not buying the burger for the package. You're buying, well, for the wrapper, you're buying the burger for what's on the inside. They put it in a piece of recycled paper or a little old piece of thin paper. As soon as you get it out of that, you throw that away because what you're interested in is the burger. Well, so it is. God wanted to be with us. God The the, the anointing and the power of God and all this to be in these, he puts it in these, these earthen vessels or these jars of clay in the King James. In other words, you know, a lot of times we don't, we don't look like a whole lot much from the outside. And that's how God likes to do. That's, that's why, you know, I don't jump up here on this broadcast all dressed all up in three-piece suit and all kind of different things and all kind of gold watches and, 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 and cufflinks. No, 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 because why? You say, Apostle, why? Because I want the focus to be on the word of God, not the vessel. That's where some of us get twisted up. We got our focus on the vessel instead of our focus in on on what's inside the vessel. Jesus said, look, I'm telling you how to recognize
0: what's inside the vessel. What were we about to say?
1: What's the name of the group? Daft Punk. Da- French group, Daft Punk. They decided in the late 90s, according to one of the saints, they were going go, to start wearing masks so that the people would just focus in on the music and not be caught all up in them. And see, that's, that's really what true servants of God are going to do. True servants of God realize that the emphasis is not on them. The true, the, the true emphasis is on the one who sent them, which is God. See, we got to keep in mind this thing is about God being exalted, God being praised, God being glorified, God being. You know, we know Paul went over. We talked a little bit the other day. Paul talked about who was Apollos and who was Paul. Only servants through whom you came to believe. One may plant, another may water. But it's God that gives the increase. You know, if I don't never see your face out there under the sound of my voice, some of you all that, you know, if I don't never see your face, that's that's all right with me. My prayer is that that the words that God has given to me and through me have made a difference in your life. That's my prayer. If I don't if I don't ever see, it, you know, but have the word, because that's 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 the focus here, you know. Teaching the word. The word. The word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God says, My word will stand. Keep focus on the word and so you won't get twisted up. You mess around and focus on what what uh what these wolves are wearing. Oh man, he got a nice sheep suit
0: on. Let me go get close to him and go and get your neck bit off. Likewise. You said, Look,
1: but we'll go to verse 16. By their fruit you will recognize. So keep an eye on fruit, children of God, so you don't get yourself deceived. You don't get yourself tricked up. Keep your eye on what are the deeds? What are the deeds now? Let me see the deeds. Let me see what you're doing. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? If you're trying to get grapes from a thorn bush, one of the things that, number one, they're not grapes. Number two, something is wrong with you. Thorn bushes don't produce grapes. They don't do it. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Now, you out there on some thistles talking about, man, I sure would like to get me some nice figs. Uh-uh, uh-uh. In order to get figs, you got to get to a fig tree. In order to get grapes, You've got to get to a grapevine. You say, Apostle, what are you saying to us? What I'm saying to you is that in order to get to something
0: good, you've got to get to the tree that produces that. Saints using an example that sometimes in nature you go to a you go to
1: a bush or a tree and and start picking uh, the fruit off and if you don't you don't know what's going on it might look real good and seem real tasty but end up killing you end up killing you look at scripture says you will recognize or you will know them by their fruit what is it producing what is it that a thorn bush produces it regardless of how you try to dress it up. It regardless of how you have to try to make a thorn bush produces thorns. A thistle tree produces thistles. So what we got, we got. You got to get to what produces that that you really looking for. And the reality is, you're gonna do that anyway without me telling you. You know, somebody asked me one time, said, "Pastor, you know, said, you know, oh, I think I asked somebody." I said, you know, the, the, the false prophets that the scripture talks about and the people that get tricked by them, false prophets out there teaching a bunch of nonsense. I said, who is God going to punish uh, when he come back? False prophets are the people that get tricked by the false prophets. The People was like, hang on, God going to get the, the false prophets because they shouldn't have been tricking the people. And I said, hmm. I said, hmm. I, hm. I said, no, he's going to get both of them like, hey, How come you say that? I said, God going to get the false prophets. You're right, because they shouldn't have been tricking the people. But then, number two, God's going to get the dummies that sat up and listened to that nonsense. When they had a Bible they could have studied, when they had, when God gave us all the tools to be able to recognize them. They're going to get both. are going to get both. So you might try and get yourself twisted up out there. And eh, good for you. That's good for you. Really? Because you got a Bible you can study. You ought to know, if the word is right here telling you in verse 15, watch out for false prophets, and I come in here dressed up in a suit and with a whole string of degrees behind my name and tell you, no, 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 no. You don't have to watch out for false prophets. You ought to know right now. I ain't going for that, apostle. You can take that crazy mess somewhere else you're talking. I don't care. About all that. Oh, I got me 10,000, 15,000 people in here mm-hmm. and everybody. And then you're looking right at that in the word. And I get up here and start saying, look, you know, uh, you know this, you don't have to watch out for false prophets.
0: You ought to be like, oh, well, time for me to leave, time for me to go. Okay. All right. One of the saints is using the
1: the uh, Nuremberg trials, where they they were getting former criminals, uh, Nazi war criminals. You get the bookkeeper, you get the, the one that was running the concentration camp.
0: You get them all, cause you all played a part in it. You 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 all played a part in it. All right. So you know. Uh, we
1: can't get around studying to show ourselves approved unto God. You, listen, there's no excuse. We got television. We be wanting to watch. We got all kind of books we want to read. We got all kind of activities we want to get in. God be like, look, you got time to study. You have got to study to show yourself approved unto God. See, if you won't study God's word, number one, you won't be approved unto God. Number two, you position yourself to be tricked and put, to be de- deceived. You got to know what God says, first and foremost, for you. First and foremost, it's for me. I don't walk with my eyes open for you to see what's going on. I'm walking with my eyes open, first and foremost, for me to know what's going on. Now, if you choose to close your eyes and start trying to walk around, then that's your business. I want my eyes open, guys, I need to see. Now, when I can see, first of all, first and foremost for me, then I can also help you and say, look, hey, man, there's a car coming. Don't There's a hole. Watch that. I can help you. But first and foremost, I'm trying to see for myself. So I don't step in a hole. So I don't run out in front of a, a, a car. Those pastors I was telling you about earlier in South Africa that stopped me from walking out in front of that car, if they had had their eyes closed, then we'd have both been in trouble. And that's what the Bible says. Blind leading the blind, they both will end up in a ditch. They'll both end up hurt. They'll both end up in place. So, so somebody got to be able to see. Somebody's got to be able to see. My thing is,
0: let me see. Let me see.
1: Likewise, verse 17, every
0: good tree bears good
1: fruit. Keep that in mind. Good trees bear good fruit. Bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize mew. Lord said, look, I'm giving you the skills right now to be able to recognize false prophets, false teachers, false apostles, false Christs, all the kind of stuff that the scripture talks about false. Now, Lord has flashed in my spirit. Right behind me here, you got two false plants. And you know, I've shared this with you all many times before. These false plants are still about the exact same size they were when we bought them about 25, 30 years ago, about six feet. But now my neighbor has got some some trees, some some real trees, and he gave me some back about 25, 30 years ago, you know some real ones that's outside that's planted, being nourished and then they were about the same size as these when they were, when they, those, those trees outside. now they're about forty feet, four, thirty five, forty feet high. But when they, I remember when they were first planted, they were about the same size as these false plants. Well what, 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 what has happened? Because these plants that are here with me in this in this, this pulpit behind this podium area are false. They ain't grown. They ain't moved. They still the same. Just about the same way they look when we got them. But those real trees, even though they were about this size when they were first planted, because they real, and because they've been nourished, and because they have been they've been they have received sunshine, and they have been now they are head and shoulders above these. You say, Apostle, what's driving at? One of the ways you can tell the difference between real and false is that real will grow. Real will develop. Them real trees out there, they have grown, they have developed, they have blossomed, they have budded. They have Same thing with Christians. Real Christians over time. Real Christians. Oh, You're going to blood. You're going to blossom. You're going to change. You're going to change. We ain't going to be, keep doing right instead of the same thing, looking the same way and behaving the same way and talking the same way. This oneness process is about change. God wants to change our thinking. God wants to change our level of revelation. God wants to change our deeds. God wants to change our level of sanctification. And all of this is done, capital A, through Christ.
0: It's changed. God is changing us. He's changing us. Now, Jesus said, look, let me clear this thing up for you. Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord,
1: Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he, here we go, back to deeds, only he who does, back to deeds, the will of my Father who is in heaven. I want to encourage you in the sound of my voice, do this thing. It ain't enough to just preach it. It ain't enough to just teach it. It ain't enough to study, just enough just to study it. It ain't enough to just talk about it. We got to do this thing. And what is it that we got to do? Whatever that we've been convicted by the word that we need to do. Convicted by the spirit. That's what conviction is. It's God's way of saying, look, there's something I want you to do. You ain't been doing. That's what that feeling is. When we get convicted by the word, when our hearts are burning, feel like our hearts are burning. That's, that's all it is. Is God saying, look, there's something, there's something I want you to do that you ain't been doing. Or something I want you to stop doing that you, you won't stop doing. We got to do this thing, children of God. Look at what the Bible says, verse 22. Many will say to me on that day. Many. Didn't say a few. In other words, God said a whole lot of folk claiming that they say, Robert, Dane ain't say, a whole lot of folk claiming that they say it's going to hell. Many will say to me on that day, did we not prophesy? Preachers. God said, I'm talking about preachers now. Did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Lord says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil. Back to deeds. Do it. Back to deeds. Do it. Let us keep a focus, children of God, not only on our revelation, not only on our thoughts, but let us watch our, what? Deeds. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. And we praise you. We bless you, Father, for speaking to us this morning. We appreciate you, Father, for... Uh, saving us of our sins, past, present, and future. We Thank you for moving us forward uh, in your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thank you, Father, for everything you've done to us, through us, and for us, everything that you uh, intend to do for us. because You've told us in your word, Father, that with you the end of a thing is better than its beginning. We give you glory. We give you the honor and we give you the praise. Uh, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you watch over us, each one of us, uh, as we part from this place of worship. And may the uh, words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart continue to be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our God, our strength, and our redeemer. This is our prayer. Father, in Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray. Amen and Amen. Three questions here. We definitely want to get uh, how do we recognize the true from the false?
0: Uh number two. Um According to this, why is it uh, not everyone
1: that's crying, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven? Why is it that everyone, not everyone who is crying, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven? And number three, what was Jesus saying? We touched on it a little bit earlier. What was Jesus saying about judging? What was Jesus saying about judging? Explain. Amen and amen. Well, children of God, the Lord bless each of you. And uh, we will see you
0: again this evening. The Lord willing.